0: welcome to not just pretty faces the podcast that celebrates women who are killing it i'm so excited to share the stories of the women who have put their skills to the test and are working their way to the top of their game if they're not already there these women are brilliant funny and full of powerful magic they are not just pretty faces hi i'm marina jensen your host and a mental fitness and resilience coach an advocate for being experience-informed, and I help women have more success, better relationships, and less stress, which gives them more happiness in their lives. Let's get started with today's episode. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Not Just Pretty Faces. Today, we have my friend, (laughs) Kara.
1: <laughs> how did I fuck that up? <laughs> I don't know but I laughed when you said not just pretty faces because I am a very not just pretty face today. Same. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I'm okay, okay with it. It's Monday morning when we're recording this so you could reintroduce me as a real person.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna I was thinking about your whole name and did I want to say your whole name or did I just want to say part of your name and then my brain was like how about none of it <laughs> <laughs> okay so good morning everybody welcome to another episode of not just pretty faces today i have with me my friend kendra Eris van Kirkov.
1: oh that was well <laughs> done wow thank
0: you i know I i've had so some
1: practice. i think you're the only person like even my siblings can't do that really no they can't say van kirkhove at all <laughs> interesting yeah well, thank you. yay, me,
0: I'll mess it up for you know the first round, and then I'll get it right the second. <laughs> yeah, very.: impressive. So Kendra and I have been friends for, well, it seems like a really long time, because we've had uh, we have a ton of mutual friends, and we ran around in orbiting circles for a really long time, but we actually just met in 2016, right? And, um, we realized that's when we realized we had so many things in common and we both ride motorcycles and all of these things. And in 2018, we started a women's conference called you conferences and our friendship has been um, an amazing journey ever since then. And it's been, um, super fun and entertaining to watch her and, um, see how she has grown the conference and, um in addition to all of your other businesses like you're a, you're an influencer <laughs> you're like what the hell am I getting into <laughs> if y'all could see the expression that she just made that would be even better at some point <laughs> on the video but
1: I really do have like this thought of like all like the, you know I wake up in the morning and I'm like oh you know the list of things that I have to do and the number of things I have my hands in—it's—it's it's, sometimes it's ridiculous, but I really don't know how to get out of it, so I stop trying to get out of it. <laughs> well, good. At least you have succumbed to your realization. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> All right, let's do the quick fire questions. Where are you from?
1: I am from um, I Buchanan County, and when I say that, I mean I'm pretty sure I've lived in every town in Buchanan County, <laughs> Where including Grandin. Buchanan Brandon.
0: County is in Iowa, by the way, for those of yeah. you that don't know.
1: Yeah, Buchanan County, Iowa, uh, just north of Lynn County, and um, I, my parents moved around a lot. They were teenagers when I was born, so they were really smart <laughs> Where do you currently live? I live in Palo, Iowa, where um, I do, I, I'm about to be president of our local community group. Oh. Oh. My husband is the mayor and I sit on our planning and zoning board. I don't know who that person I just described to you is, but evidently it's me. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. Who do you text the most? My sister Jaylene, without fail, for sure. Oh,
0: the potato.
1: (laughs) The potato, yes, we call her a (laughs) potato. A favorite trip that you've taken? Oh my gosh. I would say the most favorite trip I have ever taken. Gosh, uh, two toss-ups. One, I went to Europe, to England um, last year, not Europe, England, but I mean, whatever. I I don't understand how all that works, but it was in England is where I went. And then um, that same year or the year before I went to Harry Potter world with my youngest sister, Brooke. Um, And it was just the two of us as adults. And, um, Hands down, I highly recommend going to kids' parks without your kids. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how do you self care? Oh, stimulants. <laughs> I, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's the first thing that came to mind. Um, because I'm thinking so today. Um, I haven't taken mine today. I have ADHD and I take the stimulant and uh, that is self-care because then I get my poop in a group as my friend, Rena taught me that saying, And I still laugh every time. Um, so, you know, coffee and um, energy drinks and stimulants, not all at once and definitely not always in the same day. I, I have control. I'm good. All right. Don't no worry. You that clarification. <laughs> no need to call any of the authorities or anything. <laughs> What was your first job? Um, I was a dishwasher in the I was a dishwasher in the, um, <laughs> dishwasher in the uh, bar slash restaurant that my mom spent the majority of her time in. <laughs> <laughs> Other than like babysitting and things like that, right? <laughs>
0: All right. Well, that leads us into this job, these, these current jobs that you have. Did you, when you were uh, washing those dishes in that bar restaurant that your mom was hanging out in, did you envision this for your life? This running a women's conference and doing Lime Life and all of the things?
1: 100% no. I used to say um, that I don't play well with others. And I, I was never the kind of person that knew what I wanted to be when I grew up. Um, I was always the kind of person that like, could be good at just about anything I put my mind to, and I was never able to like finish anything out. So like college, all the times I went didn't really work out for me, um, other than when I went to beauty school. And that was really only because there was threats of people singing that song to me about being a beauty school dropout. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really didn't want that to, to come to fruition, but no, I really had no idea what I wanted to do. And um, of course, like the internet was just new, I don't think the internet was at all when I was washing dishes it was just new about the time I was graduating high school um I think I had one friend with AOL, <laughs> A-O-L. <laughs> <Goddamn>. <laughs> yeah like we had one friend with the internet and we just would sit there in front of her computer and you know wait for hours for it to dial up <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. But yeah, no, I, I was not ever one of those people that knew what I wanted to do. And I didn't think I played well with other women, which is just a, a big fat lie that a lot of us women tell each other because we don't want to deal with like actually solving problems with one another. That's true. That's very, very true. And we are
0: historically pitted against each other. So yeah, <clears throat> yeah it makes sense. It also mm-hmm. makes sense that you and I get along so well, because it sounds like we're very similar in that um, I could do anything I'd set my mind to and didn't follow through on much. And now we're adults and we're doing the things, but anyway, so you have, I I mentioned you have multiple, um, I'm not going to call them jobs, but interests. And many of them are, are bringing you income. So I'm going to let you decide which one you want to share first.
1: I'm going to share the one that people have the most questions about. The people that are, that they're most interested in. And that is like the idea of being an influencer. Um, People get very curious about that and how that works. So in that regard, I mostly focus on, um, I I did go to beauty school when I was 30. I love the beauty industry. That was kind of always in the back of my head. But people told me that going to beauty school, like when I was 18, that was like, I always use this term that it was plan B for losers. Like you didn't go into beauty school. Wasn't like, it wasn't something that people aspired to do. Um, And then I, I did hair for a long time. And once I started doing hair, I realized how hard doing hair was on physically on your body and, and mentally. So I wanted to find other ways to make money in the beauty industry. And so one of those ways was doing some influencer work where, you know, you build up a social media platform and then people send you products to try and uh, they send you the product for free you try it and review it maybe or um, you share a link to the product and then you get a cut of the of the sale uh, there's lots of different ways to make money in the influencer sphere but um, I do quite a, a lot of that um, I will say upfront, I I will not take on every product that's sent to me to review I say no more than I say yes and um, <clears throat> I only review products and um, and share links and things like that to stuff that I really believe in because I really don't want anybody complaining to me that they bought something and it was garbage. So. Right, that makes sense. <clears throat> so with
0: that, I mean, you have to have a fairly decent following in order to be considered an influencer and get things sent to you. So mm-hmm. your um, your social media game is hella strong. Like I, there is not a day that goes by that I am not impressed with how smoothly that appears on this side of the screen. Can you
1: Thank talk God. a little bit about that? You know, it, it really, um, so I started in the social media game. Before I went to hair school, I worked for a company called Staymates, and they were a um, higher education marketing firm, and I, I and I was like a proposal writer for them. Well, at that time, Facebook was getting unleashed to the public, and Staymates recognized that they would be able to use Facebook as a way for their clients, who were universities, to communicate with and advertise to um their Their audiences. So I got introduced to like social media on day one, literally, and um, really fell in love with it and the idea of communicating with people. And um, for me, I was given a gift at birth for um, of communication. I'm a good writer and words, sometimes they don't come out of my mouth smoothly, but they do come out of my fingertips very smoothly on a keyboard. Right. Um, thankfully, it works that way. <laughs> but so I think the way that i i've just learned to be really authentic i've never purchased a follower or sponsored a post i do it all organically and that's really important to me um and i think it really is about being yourself and showing off who you are and and building trust with people you know people meet me in person and i'm the same person as they see on social media i don't um cover things up or use filters or um you know, try to be somebody that I'm not. So I think that that that's a big reason why it works. And um, I really enjoy it. Like, I really enjoy connecting with people and meeting people and, you know, learning about people on social media. So I think that also helps that it's like, it comes naturally for me to enjoy that. Yeah. <clears throat> so how many followers do you have? Um. Well, on, on TikTok, I have just over 75,000. That's my largest platform. Uh, second largest is YouTube, where I have over 35,000 followers. Um, and these aren't like the most impressive numbers, but for organic reach, it's not too too shabby. Um, on, uh, on Facebook, I probably have a combined following between my business page and my personal page of around 10,000. And then on Instagram, um, I think it's about 3,500. So Those are the main platforms that I'm very active on. You can find me on other platforms, but I'm probably not doing much over there.
0: Right, right. And I asked that question
1: because when we think of
0: influencers society as a whole, we think of the people that have millions of followers and you don't have to have millions of followers in order to be considered an influencer. And so I think if I, if I understand the
1: hierarchy correctly,
0: you are considered like a a mid-level influencer
1: right yeah I think so there's different tiers and they have words for them from like micro influencer and then but I don't understand any of those terms I just you know kind of do what I do I'm not represented by by like a uh, any agency. sort of like agency or anything like that I mean maybe in the future I'll, I'll do that but I have no desire to do that now um, but yeah you know the cool thing about the size of my platform now is I can still connect with people really individually there's still Plenty of room and time to talk to people, and when they instant message me, I'm the one responding. You know, I can have actual conversations with people, and it and it really works. I mean, it promotes the rest of my businesses really flawlessly. Um, You know, it sells tickets to you conferences, um, events. It uh, you know, I sell cosmetics Uh, besides just the influencer products that I that I promote. I have my own line of cosmetics that I sell through a through an MLM, Um, so it sells a lot of that. Um, and then, you know, that's how it kind of puts money in my pocket. So, right. Let's talk about that for a second. Lime Life
0: is a company that you sell cosmetics through and it is Mm -hmm. an MLM and the, the stigma around multi-level marketing or direct sales, whatever term people choose to use is Mm -hmm. not always awesome, but. Oh, it's, it's mostly always not awesome. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. So how did you get into it? And tell me what has been, um, tell, me the, tell me the good and the bad.
1: Okay. Well, I think I think we all know the bad part of, of, and I'll kind of address that first, of multi-level marketing of direct sales. A lot of people get started. There is definitely the true fact that um, not everybody makes money at it, that there are, a lot of people make no money or they lose money. And I think that's a direct result of, of bad decision-making, both probably on leadership's part and the company's part and the people that join. Um, I don't, I, it's, it's really hard to like, I could go into that forever, but it's bad decision making and poor poor advice. If you lose money, if you're spending more money than you're making, that somebody has guided you incorrectly. Uh, what I will say about it is that it is not an easy job. It is not get rich quick. It is something that you have to work very hard at, um, and no different than selling anything else. If you make you know mittens uh, with you know crochet mittens, there's a sales um, there's sales training that has to go along with that. So uh, people say, well, you know, only the people at the top, blah, blah, percent make the real money. And I would, I would challenge that, that, that that's how most industry works. <laughs> yeah. I just saw a TikTok
0: video last night about this guy who had a pyramid and he's like CEO, middle management employees. Everything is a period is a pyramid scheme.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it's just kind of the way things are set up. Like, you know, the people with the most quote unquote success Um, make the most money and move their way to the top. I think the secret with direct sales is you have to find, if you want to be successful in direct sales, you have to find a product line that you believe in so much that you would sell it regardless, Um, You know that that you really believe in it. It, I always tell people that join my team um, that you have to have two things to be successful. And I would say this goes for anything. You have to have belief and you have to have consistency. So you have to really believe in it in yourself in your abilities um and then you have to show up all the time even when people are telling you which they will that you know that you're um that you you, you know you're doing you're just doing that to make money and I was like mm-hmm. yeah that we all <laughs> mm-hmm. yep i don't i don't work for free pretty much ever so uh yeah so it is definitely a different gig um I, I never sugarcoat the fact of how hard it is, but the, how I got into it to answer your question was, you know, I, I worked as a hairstylist and hair styling hair was getting really tough for me physically hard. I have something called Raynaud's syndrome where um, I have really poor circulation in my hands and feet. And in the wintertime, it, when there's a chill in the air, like I currently have my feet in an electronic, um, <laughs> uh, foot warmer right now, like, because my circulation is so poor, it um, doesn't matter how warm the air is in the wintertime, um, I just have that issue. And it was really affecting my work. Um, So I wanted to do something different. That's when I really got into more into the influencer part of the world. Um, And I found this MLM of this makeup that the thing that drew me to it was the, the foundation that that I used in my professional kit as a makeup artist because I did you know makeup for weddings and stuff was that it was made by the same company so it was a professional brand something I believed in also something I couldn't get my hands on in Iowa very easily so I was like whoa this is pretty cool um and then I, I I got it I got in you know at the beginning of this company a lot of people will tell you that's the time to get in on companies I will tell you that's the time to to really test your resolve as a human, as a human being, um, startups, if, if any of you, and I'm sure many of you listening have been a part of startups or have had some sort of a startup yourself, um, that's no easy place to live. It's tough, um, when you're trying to get the name out. So I've been doing that now for, it'll be seven years in March. And, um, you know, I, I just, I love the products. I use the products. I use the products professionally when I do makeup and I really believe in them. I think that, that it's something that I can put my name behind and that's, I mean, I guess that's how I've been successful with it. Yeah. So, um, and, and I let it evolve with whatever, you know, chapter my, my beauty career is going in at the time. And I think that's really the key too. Yeah. And, and then one of the things that <clears throat> I'm, So we
0: met shortly after, I would say within a year or two after you starting Lime Life. And that's actually how we met was someone had joined your team, wanted to host a show in the store that I had, the retail store that I had at the time Mm -hmm. and nobody showed up. So it was just her and you and I (laughs) having a chat in my store until like eight or nine o'clock at night. And we're like, okay, finally, I got to like, we have to go home now, (laughs) but we just had so much fun. And then we just... To stay connected. Um, so you're also you don't do hair anymore,
1: right? I I do style hair for like weddings. Um, in addition to like, so if you wanted me to do your makeup and then you're like, I need a hairstylist too, or like maybe for senior photos or maybe a brand photo shoot or something like that. I style hair, but I don't. Um, I don't do any cutting, coloring, or like even shampooing. I have a studio in Palo. Um, and I don't have a a sink to wash your hair. And I thought about installing one in there. um, But I was like, Nope, then I'll end up coloring hair. And I I really don't. It's not that I don't want to color people's hair, but it doesn't feed my end result goals. It's
0: that you don't want to color people's hair.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You only want to do the things that make you happy. And that's not one of those things. Right. Right. And that, you know, cause I start coloring hair, then that leads to all kinds of other issues. And I, I don't want to deal with those issues. Right.
0: So hairstyling for events essentially yep. and makeup. Mm-hmm. And, yep. um, do you also teach people how to do makeup?
1: Yes, I do. So, um, so I do both like, like if a, a person, any person, a regular person Um, you probably listening was like I would really like to learn how to do my makeup better I do makeup lessons and then I also work with a lot of other professional makeup artists a lot of people that are just out of beauty school you'd be surprised how little you learn in beauty school (laughs) so um, uh, it's very little uh, but you so I I will work with people like that that want to kind of up their game as a professional uh, makeup artist and help them with some of the things that I've learned over the years some of the mistakes I've made that kind of thing and um, in January I'm opening a brow bar at my studio. Very nice. Yeah so that was I really wanted to work with people again um, like appointments. I thought about doing hair again and that's when I, I kind of was like no that's not it um, and I wanted to keep it with with a beauty product of some sort. So um, you know hair, face beauty is what I meant by that and so um, I decided to start learning about uh, some uh, brow tinting and shaping and something called lamination which is like a reverse perm for your eyebrows Um, google it we won't go into it here because it's boring but google brow lamination it's not it has nothing to do with like coating your brows in plastic because that's exactly what
0: i thought i'm like i'm gonna laminate my brows hmm
1: (laughs) yeah yeah No, um, but so I'm going to do some of those things. And that kind of allows me to, to stick with some of the things that I love, which is like helping people feel more comfortable in, in their face, in the skin that they have. Um, And if if your eyes are your windows to your soul, your brows are the curtains. So it's important to have nice treatments and (laughs) shaping. I always tell people that want to learn like eyeshadow. I'm like, girlfriend, you can change your whole face with brows, but eyeshadow, nah, I mean, (laughs) And they're sisters, not twins, right? Correct. Yeah. Unless you get them done professionally and then and then they better at least be um, like fraternal twins, like real close to identical.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about U Conferences as you take a drink out of your U Conference
1: mug. Yes. <laughs> oh U Conferences. <laughs> like <laughs> U conferences is like the child that you didn't know you wanted. I'm assuming because neither you or I have children, so we can't really know this, but like that surprise child that you didn't know you wanted, it yep. changed your life. But sometimes it was a complete pain in your ass. <laughs> so accurate. <laughs> I just want to go on record saying I never wanted to make you conferences a brand. I just wanted to have a freaking event. How'd that work out for you? <laughs> well, the girl that I know named Rita just kept being like, "Nope, we're gonna do another one." And then, <laughs> oh, we could do this. Nope. Uh-uh. No. 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 Nope. Right. Oh, if they only knew the things I said no to that you tried to make me do that you and, ended and up doing well, eventually anyway. <laughs> right. But on my own time, because I'm the yep. child that nobody wanted to. <laughs> I mean that that cliff. There's
0: different levels of it, and each level, I am willing to just shove you right off.
1: Right, right. <laughs> but yeah, you conferences started as um, you and I had separately and collectively gone to some different like small business um, events, and some women focused, some not. Mm-hmm. And often just left with like so much missing. Like, it just felt like, oh, that was okay, but it could have been done better. And I would always be frustrated that there was too much like fluff and woo. (laughs) Follow your dreams. And I'm like, but how? I I want people to know how. And then you know, you were often frustrated by just kind of everything, just often seems so flat, I guess would be my determined, I mean, you can say what you were mostly yeah, frustrated with. This, say it was very similar that there was no actionable steps. It
0: was all great um, filler stories to inspire, but nothing mm-hmm. to tangibly walk away with or have those shock and
1: um, feeling called out and seen moments. And- yeah one of the things i got super frustrated with too is like you go to these events and they bring in these speakers that were untouchable they yeah. weren't anybody who could ever connect with they you know were from out of state or you know had it, it just and you know as somebody that wanted to be like um an influential person you know speaking on stages i found that like you know you can find plenty of networking events to present at and speak at uh but getting on those bigger stages was tough and so what new conferences evolved into was something that gave people one the missing pieces of some of those workshops yep. um two access to the speakers we're very committed to having people local speakers um uh you know i'm sure we will end up bringing people in but i bet they'll have strong iowa ties when we do for sure um and um you know the, the idea of creating community I, you know, I felt like I would go to some of these, you know, being in an MLM, I'd go to these big like conferences and my husband owns a, a, franchise. So he would go to these big conferences too, where like, you'd get together with people that do similar things that you do. And you'd have this like great weekend of learning together. And then you'd go home and you would also, you know, continue to connect with them because you do similar things. And, and I really found that you don't have that opportunity if you're a solopreneur, if you're, right. you know, a small business owner where I grew up in, um, in the country and, you know, I, I kind of equate it to, um, dairy farmers, like they could never leave. Oh, mm-hmm. if you had a dairy farmer in your life, like the family reunion was at their place because they can't leave. And I feel like small business owners live in that realm for a long time before they're able to, you know, leave their business and, um have employees to run it. And I was like, so how, you know, you leave those big conferences and you get this sense of renewal and the sense of like, okay, I can do this. I feel so much better. I have a support system. And I just felt like small business owners didn't really have that at all. Totally.
0: And, and they don't know where to go. Either. Right. And, and having so one of the things about the U conferences that I absolutely love is that we have resource tables. So lots of conferences, women's conferences, or whatever will always have vendor tables so people can sell their wares. And then they those conferences will charge exorbitant amounts of money to those vendor tables. Mm-hmm. And we decided not to do that because we didn't want that. It's this is not a selling conference. This is a learning and getting connected conference. And right. so our resource tables are nonprofits or networking groups, things that will, that the community needs to know about and um, that the, the nonprofit or whatever table it is needs to be connected to the women that are at the conference. And I think that yeah. is uh, above and beyond anything that anybody has ever done. And I, and I love that piece. I love it so much. In addition to the fact that anybody that speaks on our stage has to teach something. It's not just a here's a story to inspire you. Yeah, and we yeah. uh, we made that really clear from the start. Although yeah. we were the first ones to actually do all of the talking for an entire day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there were two conferences that I um got very sick beforehand and I remember going to my doctor both times and being like, I'm going to need antibiotics and I'm going to need prednisone because in two days I got to speak for like 24 hours. So I need to get you to get me better. And they did. And thank God that was all pre COVID. Cause I don't think that would fly today. <laughs> no, it would not. <laughs> that was the but, first, yeah.
0: was that the first two conferences or the second and third
1: conference? Um, it was like, it was the second one. And then it was the first one that was over at the Marriott, so I don't. I think we're on number eight now. We determined, which I've been saying yeah. seven for a long time, so I was incorrect. Uh, we used to do two a year, and now, thank God, we've moved to one a year. And, um, but it just got too big to do two a year, which is great news. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, I yeah. and I'm really proud of our. I, I want to go back to the resource table thing. I'm really, I'm really proud of that. There are sometimes we allow a business to have a resource table, but we're pretty clear that you have to be providing something. To the community that one they don't know exists, um, that will help them with their like mental health, spiritual health, um, giving back to uh, the community. You know, people need the opportunity to volunteer and to be a part of something bigger. And, you know, all of that stuff, you know, has to kind of align. So if you are, you know, we, I've had people say, why do you think you let businesses? And I'm like, sometimes, but we're, we're really particular about what we allow there because we don't want people to feel like they're coming in and being sold to. Right, and and that's it. Like, oh gosh, now I have to buy this. You know, I feel like I have to buy this random necklace because somebody's selling jewelry here. Um, and and we don't have any problem with people that sell jewelry or makeup or whatever. You know, that's great. But we don't want you to feel like you've already committed a full day away from your business. You know, one hundred and fifty bucks for the ticket or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Plus, now you've got to spend forty or fifty dollars on stuff. Right. So yeah, and.
0: Anytime. So one of the other things that we've always done throughout every conference is we've had a person there to take headshots. So yeah. in addition to an entire day of connection and camaraderie and learning, there is the ability then to have a headshot. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know if people actually relate, like the people that have been realize that, but for the price of the ticket, you get all of this information plus a headshot, which a headshot itself is
1: upwards of 150 or more. (laughs) Yeah, so that part was kind of important to me because I found like that new business owners and like young business owners, I don't mean young in age, I mean, young in business. Um, That was one of the things that they've not invested in yet, um, a professional photo. And it makes such a difference. Um, Even like when we have, we give an opportunity to speak to our, um, you know, to our community. And a lot of the speakers, if it's their first time speaking, they send me terrible pictures, not terrible because they look bad, but in comparison to a professional headshot. And I'm always trying to tweak those photos to make sure that they look nice next to some of the speakers that have, you know, professional photos. And I think it makes a huge difference on things like LinkedIn. um, On you know, just to have that is really important. It shows off the best side of you. And um, so anyway, I'm glad that we've always that we've always done that. It's the bigger we get, the harder it is to pull that off, but I think it's really important. For sure, now we have two photographers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I, I want to, there, I have a couple more questions that I wanna ask, but I want also want to go back real quick to um, going from two conferences per year to one conference per year, and talk a little bit about
1: why we had the two conferences and then why we moved to one. We had the two conferences. So the first one is in March. And the idea of that was, you know, it's kind of the end of winter. Everybody is miserable, unless it was our first conference, in, in which case it was the height of winter, because we got a blizzard that day. It was ridiculous. Um, and I, won't, I will never stop talking about that. It was honestly awful, but it was fine. Um, so, you know, the end of the winter, the end of the first quarter, uh, you know, a lot of us have made New Year's resolutions when we, we were feeling festive and the holiday wine was flowing. And then, you know, by March, a lot of times that stuff is just dissolved. Um, and then we had the, the next one at the uh, at, in, in October. So the idea there was, you know, it's the beginning of the fourth quarter, no matter what kind of business you have, you're either gearing up for a busy fourth quarter, or this is your planning time. And it's, you know, mentally stressful. We just thought it was a good time to bring the community back together, review those goals, you know, reconnect with people that are probably feeling the same way you are in business and, and just keep that community flowing. So I wanted two conferences forever. And, um, for that reason, and it, it got very hard as, as the crowd got bigger to manage that. Uh, so, and we had no, no downtime between conferences.
0: It was like, okay, instantly
1: start the next one. Yeah, there, there was no downtime. It may, you know, I now have a planning committee, but it was too much to expect them to do because that's still volunteer. It is ultimately my goal to pay every board member that we have, but um, but right now that's not that's not feasible as we are working on being profitable. But um, And we're getting there. But so instead of a second conference, we now have a quarterly lunch and learn where we can kind of reconnect with people. And that started taking off in 2021. And we really hope to make that something that people... Put an ink in their calendars for 2022 yeah. So yeah, because that's more a lot more manageable. Yeah, yeah, a lot more manageable. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all of these ideas come up to you know and, and it's and you yeah you have to be willing to pivot and um and evolve your your business as no matter what your business is, but it's all like starting over, you know, like shoot now I gotta figure out how to promote this and how to best get to the people and you know make Make these sales, and every time you're just like, "Oh wow, that's a lot." <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, I'm. I know that you're proud of what we've accomplished with the U conferences, and, and every iteration that it has had so far, and every iteration it will have. As am I, but this next question that I have for you: pick an industry. I don't care which one. Pick whichever whichever one that we've talked about already. Okay, got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. What conversations would you rather be having in this industry? What do you mean? I don't. I don't know. If I'm so, which which one did you think of? Women's empowerment. Okay, <clears throat> so we're in women's empowerment. The standard conversation is um,
1: X, but you would rather be talking about Y. Okay, so my big my big thing with women's empowerment is. Uh, women's empowerment is more than a meme. <laughs> it's more than like a quote or something feel good. the The true situation of women's empowerment is the fact that, we, like, women are out there doing a lot, and they want to accomplish a lot from being mothers to careers to you know hobbies and all that stuff, and like really forcing home that. The balance is not achievable. Right. <laughs> it's not a destination. It's not a place you can ever arrive to, but it is something you can check in with daily and you can and you can fluctuate in balance. And something that came to mind was a, a friend of mine on on Facebook posted over the weekend about how uh, she basically, long story short, let her son, who's quite young, uh, pick out the Christmas decorations. And you know she wanted like white lights and white, you know, pristine looking decorations. And he wanted, of course, multicolor decorations and all of the, you know, four or five holiday colors and, and bright obnoxiousness. And um, she ended up letting him have his way. And I was like, I was, I've been kind of arguing with my kids about the damn Christmas decorations too. Like, <laughs> I want a skinny Christmas tree, for example. And they want this old crappy Christmas tree that we've had forever and I hate it. And I, and you know and I thought about it and I was like, you know, I will have a moment when they're gone. Uh, and, and my kids are my stepkids for clarity's sake, but, and and then I can have my skinny Christmas tree and my white lights. Um, but for now balance is like allowing the chaos to happen and allowing it to not be what I think should be perfect, because I bet I'll miss this someday. And I feel like as women, that's what we have to kind of embrace all of the time. Like balance sometimes means you're like on top of the world with your business and everything's going great. And then it sometimes means you take a couple of days off and just reconnect with your family. Or it means that it's like, you don't do work that doesn't, it, uh, just because something pays the bills doesn't mean it's working out for you. And, you know, <laughs> finding that balance every day. I I feel like that's really the key and it looks different for everybody. So I can't give you a formula for balance. And to me, that's real women's empowerment is like empowering you to find the balance in everyday life and to just, you know, kind of embrace the chaos and wait for your turn for perfection and miss the chaos when it's gone. And all that is just part of the cycle of life, you know? So because I, I, I feel like for the last several years, probably pre-COVID mostly, um, women were really feeling pressured to fit a mold and to do it all and to get it all accomplished and, you know, live their best life and self-care with pedicures. And at the same time, like, you know, your kids are getting straight A's and your your house is clean and your Christmas ornaments are all white, like whatever. <laughs> So right. I'm, I'm over it. And I feel like that should be the actual conversation people are having. Yep, I'm over it too. I'm so glad that you said that. All right,
0: <clears throat> have, you, <laughs> have you had a majestic meltdown since starting any of these businesses and or how many times have you looked for a job?
1: <laughs> okay, the, <laughs> the meltdowns are real, but y'all, I have been seeing a psychiatrist and a therapist, and that is definitely helpful. And I have learned, I've gotten so much help with medication and I'm not pushing pills, but I'm just saying, if you're one of those people like me that thought that like mental health could be cured with self-help days and um, uh, you know hard truths and things like that, um, if you refuse to try meds, I would wholeheartedly recommend I'm having conversation with with a medical professional because it's been very helpful to me. So um, lots of majestic meltdowns. Um, (laughs) I apply for jobs all the time. freaking time. It is probably a good thing that I never got any higher education because most of the jobs I apply for require a bachelor's degree. And because I don't have that, I'm sure that's probably the reason number one that I'm scoffed off the list of hirees because I am constantly like, screw this. I'm getting a job. (laughs) (laughs) LinkedIn set up to let you know when X is available. (laughs) I'm just telling you over the summer, I paid, I paid for LinkedIn so I could, so I could have more options. <laughs> right. It's it's a, it's a real thing. That's also something that we don't ever
0: talk about. Like everything is fine and beautiful and look, it's all flowy and, you know, ah, and then on the inside, you're like,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like you look on social media and people always talk about, you know, getting to like, you know, their six figure status or losing their, you know, 50 pounds or whatever it is. They talk about, you know, the, the end result, you know, that's so beautiful and. People don't always talk about or acknowledge the fact that life is a constant ebb of flow, ebb and flow of, um, of gaining the fifty pounds of of not hitting your marks with your sales, you know, not having the six figures of having to cut back um, you know budgets and things like that. and it is very tough and and they're the the hard seasons are normal, and I don't think they're normalized. I mean, nobody really wants to hear about your hard time necessarily, but but we're all going through it and we've all been there.
0: We are. And that and that's part of the reason why, you know, with all of the, uh, just talk about me for a second, um, all of the stuff that I've been going through, um, especially this year, that's why it's part of the reason why I've been sharing the difficulties and the processing and, and all of that, because we don't normalize that. Social media historically has been for only the good things and for
1: people to be envious of other people. And I'm, I'm yeah. calling bullshit on that. What I will say about it is, and you do this very well. Um, there, if you if you intend to like keep your audience, and you're going through a hard time, you can't just bitch and moan. Right. That doesn't work. Nobody wants that either. No. But so the the key is to really like talk out loud the processing and um, and seeing the good and seeing the the lessons and the hard things learned. That that really is the key to that. Uh, to sharing those hard times is giving people like, Hey, this is what I learned throughout this. Basically like saying, you can learn this too. You can find, you know, the, the needle in the haystack and find the positive in this as well. And I think that that's, you know, otherwise everything just looks like complaining. Exactly. Exactly. And and that's hard. And, you know, nobody wants to go to social media and hear you bitch. (laughs) Nope. 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 Like the, they don't. The The funny thing
0: about that is even though I have been um, processing and, and trying to share all of the things, I have had a couple people reach out to me and be like, are you okay? Like, do you have the mental capacity to do this thing that I'm about to ask you to do? Do you? <laughs> I'm like, yes, I'm totally fine.
1: I mean, I'm mostly fine. <laughs> right. But the fact is like, everybody is going through something all of the time and right. it's, I mean, there's occasions, I think, that we're all living our best life, but part of your best life is getting through the ups and downs. I mean, nobody nobody goes through a bad thing and then learns from it and says, I mean, you may wish something didn't happen, but if, you, if life was only happy, you'd have nothing to learn from it. You'd be so freaking boring.
0: <laughs> exactly, yes. All right, final two questions.
1: Yeah. What is
0: one book recommendation that you would give?
1: Um, Positive Intelligence by... Shrazad Shameen um, mm-hmm. and force yourself to read it. And I, I just can't really tell you anything else other than force yourself to read that book.
0: Agreed. I'm actually going to be doing a um, listicle this morning on the books that I've read, I've read, and that's one of them that I'm putting on there. So people can, can figure it out. It's amazing. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Okay, last question. If you could share only one thing with the next generation, what would it be?
1: Um... my biggest pet peeve with women is that when somebody younger than you says like talks about something that's bad like or that's going not right in their life and women say oh you think that's bad wait till you're 30 wait till you're 40 wait till you're 50 wait till you're whatever and I'm like I I think that's so rude (laughs) because (laughs) your problems in your 20s are are your problems in your twenties and your thirties and your forties and whatever. And you can, never, you can never have the luxury of knowledge and wisdom through hindsight until you've been there. And we belittle women for not having that. And it's terrible. So my, my advice to the next generation would be ignore the old ladies that are telling you that it's gonna get worse <laughs> when you get older, <laughs> ignore them and that you are what this world needs for its future. Like every upcoming generation has something to give and they have to go through their hard knocks too. Yeah. So, you know, that would, yeah, I hate if you're one of those women that hear somebody complain about, you know, their saggy chin when they're 42 and you're 52 and you're like, oh, you think that's bad. Wait till you're 52. Stop it. (laughs) I can complain about my saggy chin at 42 and yes, it'll get worse when I'm 52. I've heard, you've told me. I feel like you need to make that a TikTok, so you can slap the camera. (laughs) Yeah, Lady. Oh, it just, it drives me nuts. And, you know, I remember in my twenties I was working at an engineering firm um, and a civil engineering firm. And I tell people I used to work in civil engineering. They're always really shocked, but I was working there and I was the youngest person there and I was one of the only women. And I just remember thinking, okay, Evidently when I'm 30, that's when they'll respect me, you know, cause I always, they treated me like such a kid. So I'm like, well, okay. I remember when I turned 30 thinking now is when I get the respect. Well, spoiler alert, then I still wasn't old enough. I was never going to be old enough for these people's respect. That's true. <laughs> like I can't catch up to your age and your knowledge. I can't, but you could be nice to me. And then maybe I'd learn from you and stop calling me a kid. <laughs> I still call people, some people, kids that I,
0: can't, I just can't help it, especially when they're like 20 years old. I can't help it. I will work on that though.
1: <laughs> we all, we all knew everything when we were younger. And it is hard. Like sometimes I, I look at my kids and I'm like, oh, just wait, sis. But you know, I just try to be more encouraging about it instead of belittling. Yeah. Well, and, and
0: I said, this is the last question. That was the last question, but here's a, another statement. You actually bring Alex to the conference and
1: have her talk. Yeah. Which, my, my 13 year old, she's now 13, but she's been doing it since she was like nine, I think.
0: Yeah. It, which is amazing. And there's so, and that girl makes every adult in that room cry at almost every time
1: she talks, yeah. which is beautiful. Right. My goal with that is that one, Alex can see that she, as a, as a young person, she can see that she has influence. I think everybody has influence, uh, the ability to influence others, um, based on their perspective. And then my goal with the audience is for them to see their younger selves in her and to understand that, um, that you know, they have so much to learn from their younger selves and their younger selves had to go through something to get there, you know? So I think that's really beautiful thing. And she, um, you know, she loves public speaking. And, um, at first I thought it was really self-serving to have my kid do that, but, um, it it was a gamble to have her do it the first time. And now, I mean, now when she doesn't show up, people get real irritated at me. Um,
0: that's true
1: about it so I yeah. make sure that she's in and I'm glad she's still wanting to do it because I would never force her to do it but I've worried as she's gotten to be a teenager that she would choose not to you know like it, you know as you get older embarrassment and things um, self-doubt so I really hope she doesn't lose that and continues to be a part of it yeah
0: I, I don't see her I don't see her choosing that to. I think she'll be there all things lining as they should right yeah I hope yeah. so. all right Anyway, we are at time. This has been a phenomenal conversation as always. <laughs>
1: every, conversa-
0: every conversation we ever have is always entertaining. People in this, this is just one of those times that people actually get to listen and be a witness to it.
1: That's <laughs> <laughs> true. It's true. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. Yeah. She, and you know, for everybody listening, Marina and I were having coffee the other day doing some U you conferences planning. And she said, so when are you going to be on the podcast? I'm like, as soon as you ask me, like, I don't know now. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to be on Rita's podcast and you've just been waiting for an invitation, maybe just message her and be like, Hey, let's do this because she's just probably dragging her feet. I don't know what she's doing. <laughs> I'm You're- almost booked through the year. So thank thanks awesome. for that
0: plug. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Kendra, thank you for being here. Kendra Aris Van Kirkhof, the mayor's wife. <laughs> so oh. sorry.
1: <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, I adore you. I absolutely adore you. <laughs> I I would like to say same, but I can't right now. It just doesn't fall out of my mouth it reminds
0: me of um uh George Clooney was getting awarded the humanitarian award and they listed all of the accomplishments of his wife and they're like but George Clooney is getting the humanitarian award
1: <laughs> which we could have a whole nother podcast about that I was gonna say what, are you booking a second time slot here what's happening <laughs> maybe we should maybe we should
0: anyway thank you I seriously I um I'm so glad that this worked out for you to be on the show today. And, and um, I hope everybody listening has has been thoroughly entertained and well-informed and know that you are not alone in all of the things that we <clears throat> experience as women and, and as uh, business owners. And if you want to come to the U-Conference in March, those tickets are on sale. I'll have that link in the description along with ways to contact Kendra if you have any questions, follow up for her, or want to learn more about anything that we discussed today, whether it's the conference or uh, makeup or brow lamination. Um, (laughs) You want to put some plastic on your eyebrows? (laughs) All right. Thank you, everybody. And uh, we will talk again next week. See you later. A special thank you to our sponsors for making this episode possible.